This is IGN. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This is IGN. World of Warcraft Dragonflight Review Most recent World of Warcraft expansions started with a tightly script, story-heavy, and somewhat bothersome on-rails scenario. Dragonflight seems to have remembered that this is an MMORPG, and I should be deciding what kind of adventures I want to go on. Right off the boat onto the expansive, beautiful Dragon Isles, you'll be met with only minimal hand-holding and four huge, exciting zones to explore. But at the same time, Dragonflight feels like a creative step backwards from the experimental, though not always successful, spirit of Shadowlands. There's no denying that the new zones are downright gorgeous. The contrast between volcanic wastelands and verdant river valleys in the waking shores is a breathtaking introduction to the expansion. And these locales feature some of the best side quest writing I've seen in World of Warcraft in a long time. Some of my favorite quests involved sitting and listening to a red dragon, shapeshifted into a humble dwarf. Talk about all his regrets and the pain of being banished from his homeland for 10,000 years. Another one I loved involves traveling slowly on foot with a centaur clan to their sacred meeting grounds, complete with a pit stop for a hunting competition. These kinds of heartfelt memorable moments really are World of Warcraft at its absolute best. They seem to be here to lovingly bonk you over the head and remind you to take your time. Simply exist in this beautiful world for a moment. Unfortunately, these handcrafted experiences will dry up after a week or two, and you'll be repeating the same rote daily quests over and over, waiting for the next patch to drop. So it's hard to give them too much credit. World of Warcraft has generally done a very good job in most expansions, making the journey to max level memorable and exciting. And if that's all it needed to be, Dragonflight would hit it out of the park. But as a living MMO, World of Warcraft consistently struggles to maintain that level of engagement for me in the weeks and months to come. And Dragonflight is not really any exception. Where Dragonflight really does try to spread its wings, figuratively and literally, is in the design of the new Draktir Evoker class. And I have to admit, they're pretty freaking cool. Having a racial soar ability and signature, dragon-themed attacks like Deep Breath let you come screaming out of the skies and bathe your enemies in fire before they even know what hit them. It's simply awesome. However, both the damage-dealing devastation and healing-focused preservation specs suffer from having too many niche-use combat abilities. 
and can feel very chaotic and disorienting to play, especially compared to World of Warcraft's last hero class, the delightfully straightforward Demon Hunter. Evokers are just a bit overdesigned. Where the Drakteer can glide, however, the new dragon riding system allows all of your characters to soar. Zooming over the landscape at up to three times the speed of World of Warcraft's traditional flying mounts, I feel like I can't ever go back to that old system. It feels incredible while you're soaring, banking, and diving around with a palpable sense of momentum and physicality that WoW normally lacks. Dragon riding challenge courses with cosmetic rewards for the best times have easily been some of my favorite parts of this expansion though I found it was a bit too easy to get gold on all of them, leaving me with little reason to go back. I'm not a huge fan of how these dragons control on a mouse and keyboard, though. They seem to be begging for controller support, which has long been rumored but never actually manifested. The main story so far hasn't exactly wowed me as much as the side quests. If you didn't follow all of the out-of-game lore leading up to Dragonflight, you might be a bit confused about why you're even here in the first place. There is some tension between the major good guys, but it rings kind of hollow. The new bad guys, the primal dragons and their humanoid minions, the primalists, haven't yet made an impression as especially complex or interesting villains. There does at least seem to be some sort of succession crisis brewing within the Black Dragon flight that has the promise of delivering interesting stories down the line. The eight new dungeons are relatively straightforward and unmemorable, with the standout being the Nokud Offensive, in which you use your dragon-riding skills to soar around and intervene in a battle that takes up a huge instanced portion of the Onhran Plains Zone. They seem to have been designed to avoid the problem of pickup groups insisting on wacky routes that skip most of the trash fights by exploiting the level geometry, which was a big issue in Shadowlands. But overall, these dungeons are just kind of... meh. On the bright side, the new Mythic Plus season is bringing back four legacy dungeons from Mists of Pandaria. Keeping things fresh by letting us revisit some of the best content from World of Warcraft's 18-year history is such a no-brainer, and I hope they keep it up. The first raid, Vault of the Incarnates, hasn't exactly taken my breath away yet either. There are some interesting and satisfyingly difficult mechanics to learn. One encounter involves a council of elemental sorcerers who have to be killed almost simultaneously in a nod to Molten Core's classic core hounds fight, while another involves a giant rock elemental who must be tricked into destroying his own damaging towers with a smash attack. The complexity of the fights is just about right for normal mode, and the visual design of the bosses is pretty strong but I didn't find the vault itself that interesting in terms of its art or overall theme. Especially when you compare it to something like Shadowlands' debut raid, Castle Nathria. There's nothing particularly notable about any of the individual arenas, and I don't even know who most of these jerks are. It's worth noting at the time of writing that I haven't yet seen the final fight with Razageth, though. I can hear the cries of Korgast already, but there has to be a happy medium here somewhere. Mostly solo players like me should be able to have those kinds of features available to us without making players who don't like them feel obligated to do them constantly. Blizzard could let us use our progress in what I'll call high-end solo content as a substitute, not in addition to other ways to boost our weekly vault earnings, for instance. 
You can run this randomized Hades-style dungeon with temporary collectible power-ups or do Mythic Plus, but no one has to do both. It sounds like a win-win. Or even better, they could make it an efficient way to farm stuff like Awakened Elemental Materials as a replacement for the plainly worse gameplay of putting on a podcast, zoning out and farming overworld mobs, or flying around looking for dirt piles for hours on end. Stuff like Torghast, in particular, made me feel listened to, as a type of player who usually isn't a priority in the admittedly difficult balancing act a Blizzard must play satisfying so many players. Did it need more iteration? Of course. But Dragonflight absolutely suffers in my eyes for providing no equivalent. Cutting stuff like Covenant Sanctums, the Mission Table, and having to keep track of 200 different currencies was wise. But they cut too much here. The verdict. Dragonflight reignites the sense of wonder and exploration that originally drew me to World of Warcraft. For about the first 30 or 40 hours. Beyond that, it definitely starts to feel a bit threadbare. Dragon riding is fun as hell, and I love the design of the new zones, but this expansion's back-to-basics approach is very much a double-edged sword. I probably won't burn out as fast because there aren't a million things to do every day just to feel like I'm keeping up like there were in Shadowlands. But at the same time, I don't feel like there's enough to do that's genuinely interesting once I've cleared all the very well-written side quests. An excellent new crafting system is gated behind mind-numbing amounts of mindless grinding for resources, in addition to weekly caps, which feels like a double jeopardy situation. I like Dragonflight, but I fell out of love with it not long after hitting max level. I really hope Blizzard looks at this as a rebuilding year for World of Warcraft, and doesn't hesitate to iterate on some of the inventive ideas in Shadowlands that were maybe only a step or two away from being great. Spoken Layer